Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Told y'all before it was supposed to the bow. Nothing but the repeat with Wentz back on the throne. All we do is set trends, so you know what we on. Yep, I'm back with the remixes for the job. All birds, all Philly, midnight green. Things changing for the better since we got that ring. Put the league on notice, we're not done. 2019, we adding another one. Yeah, you heard me right on every Tuesday night. 8 to 10, birds of a feather got that flight. Nothing but the hot takes. Back with the big facts for the fans by the fans exactly where we at pull up to the tailgate stop by f1 baptized by the pope been bass for everyone flying in from the west coast even overseas get blessed by ginger jesus we disciples of the tree wait chmp s don't stress we on the same conquest dominate the division destroy the nfc conquer the afc grab that vince lombardi went to aj climb it up the gut be grand with the strip sack this sound familiar huh Aguilar on the slot, Sproles with the return, Mills with the pick six, okay, wait, it gets worse, Jay train on the run, J.E. hitting from 60, Fletcher seeing that D-line, that's what you don't want to see, Erks catching tubs, foes on another level, the Super Bowl ain't the only time you see that Philly special, we live from Broad Street, brotherly loves the heartbeat, hungry dogs run faster, and we don't eat cheap, no one likes us, and we don't care, cause we from Philly, and we ain't never scared, look up. But I just got to know one thing. Are you ready? No, I said, are you ready? Here we go. Welcome, boys and girls, to a very special divisional playoff round edition of the 4th and John Show, episode number 85. Boys and girls, got a little confession to make. I am not a religious man. I very rarely ever step foot inside of a church except for a wedding or the occasional funeral. But my congregation does meet and believe in a higher power on Sundays, wearing all the same unique shade of green. We all meet at our church that we call Lincoln Financial Field, and we live by the good book of the Philadelphia Eagles. And right now, I would like to read off a little passage from John 3.16. Thou shalt not letteth this team from the city of brotherly love intueth the playoffs, otherwise thou shalt be stricken down by the doinketh 
and the double doinketh. Can I get an amen? Amen. Can I get a hallelujah? Hallelujah. Now listen, you don't have to believe in divine intervention, but that's certainly what it felt like with what we witnessed there on Sunday, seeing that final kick by Cody Parkey hit the crossbar, hit the upright, and the Eagles advance to the divisional round. But you have to believe beyond a shadow of the doubt in one St. Nicholas Foles. St. Nick, the patron saint of the Super Bowl, the bishop of the backups, the deacon of the deep ball, the pope of the postseason, and the archbishop of accuracy. What we saw Sunday was a small miracle and what seems to be like a collection of small miracles over the last five weeks of the NFL season and now leading into the postseason. But more importantly than that, what we saw on Sunday was validation and a statement game. Validation. You like to hear me use that word, especially after the Super Bowl. Because everybody was doubting the Eagles. Everybody said, but you backed into the playoffs. We saw the good, a lot of the bad, and some of the ugly. Some of the ugly was associated with the good, especially with some of those wins. But they said we backed into the postseason. Not only did the Eagles prove that they were postseason worthy, but that they were here to compete and here to advance and here to defend the crown in the postseason. I am still on a high from watching that game. We were at Xfinity Live. It was absolutely off the hook. We got a lot to get to in this show. We got some Bears reactions still coming up. We got a brand new song, a postseason song by South Central's proudest son, Piccolo, who once again delivered for this for this podcast. Keys to victory against the Saints, of course, our playoff picks, and our plans for the upcoming game. But Mr. Gail Saunders, Eagle Sessions on Twitter, you were there once again enjoying the postseason celebration with the 4th and John squad. How are you feeling tonight? I'm feeling great, man. It's two weeks of uh, amazing football. Eagles football has been uh absolutely nuts uh but you know what's been nuts is this this relationship between Doug Peterson and Nick Foles I mean this this relationship goes back to when Nick Foles was drafted basically this is a quote from Nick Foles he said coach Peterson is the one who drafted me he was the only coach who flew down to Texas worked me out I was only worked out by one team and that was by coach Peterson the Philadelphia Eagles took a chance on me. And in this relationship between Nick Foles and Coach Peterson, he takes a chance and listens to his quarterback, Nick Foles, mm. in, a, in, a, in a dynamic moment where, you know, the game is on the line. I mean, one minute and one second left in the game, and the Eagles are down 15 to 10. An incompletion. The season is over. Over. That's it. The season it. is over. It's a wrap. So I go back to another quote from Nick Foles. You always want to know what makes a team great. It's the relationships. It's when you take the field. You actually care about each other. And when you care about each other, you play harder and you trust the guy next to you. So Nick Foles goes to Doug Peterson. Why don't we move the pocket and put one of our best guys on one of their guys and let them win? And this route combination has been run over the last couple of weeks to Golden Tate, who has mm. been winning time and time again in practice. Yes, and sir. that's where you, you make perfect. He's not been stopped in practice. So when this play is called, Jason Peters is in the huddle. Yeah, I like this. I like this play. <laughs> Everyone knows that this play is coming. And Golden Tate, a guy... Who we talked about the third the third round pick it was a waste, but forget that 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 third round pick propelled this whole play because now I mean that, that play was amazing, dude. Amazing. I mean, I mean for for the the guy to make that play for you know everyone thinking that he's a waste. Golden Tate stepped up big, man. Uh, but I mean overall, I mean that final drive, that final drive, sixty yards. Hitting five different receivers, everybody stepped up. Nelson Aguilar stepped up. Zach Ertz stepped up. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey stepped up. Uh, it, it, Nick Nick's ability to get everybody involved and trust his teammates. And and when the when the game is on the line, Nick Foles is legendary. 
And and it wasn't it funny too because earlier in the season, I mean, if if the Eagles underneath Carson Wentz, and I'm certainly not going to start with this whole Carson Wentz, Nick Foles thing. That's for Sports Talk Radio. We have a limited time with our audience per week, and we're certainly not going to poison your eardrums with Nick Foles versus Carson Wentz talk. But earlier on in the season, and it could have been any quarterback, even even when Nick Foles was starting week one and week two, if it was third and long, or it was fourth down, or the Eagles were trying to move the ball, you didn't feel the same confidence that you did in the 2017 season. But every Eagles fan at the end of that game with under two minutes left watching the Philadelphia Eagles drive the ball down the field, they run it, they don't get in. They run it, they don't get in. It's third down, they don't get in. Everybody still believed in that fourth down moment that somehow some way, Nick Foles was going to get the job done. And he did exactly that. Nick didn't play his best game. Threw a couple really bad picks, especially one in the red zone, where even if the guy who picked off the ball wasn't even in the picture, it was going to get picked off by the guy behind him. And even if he wasn't in the picture, it was going to get picked off by the other guy. It was just a bad decision. But... Once again, you see this team rally behind, believe, not lose their cool, not lose their composure. Doug doesn't start losing it with the play calling. The offensive line start, starts strengthening down and holding better. The defense has got to do their part. And they carry Nick Foles to that clutch moment where he just seems to thrive, and they get it done. Now, granted, when the kickoff happened and they started marching all the way down the field— you know, got a little. Oh, yeah. Oh, you got to be kidding me. It ends like this? Really? It ends like this? But once again, the faith, the belief in a higher, in, in something bigger than yourself, and the thing that's bigger than yourself is Nick Foles and this team. Once Doug Peterson iced that kicker, I think all of us in the back of our minds were like, watch this. You could see the fear in Cody Parkey's eyes. He banged that first one, realized he was iced, and you just saw him like, oh no. Oh no. And tip or no tip, because the ball was tipped. It was. Shout out to Trayvon Hester. Trayvon Hester. Put some respect on that kid's name. Absolutely. It, it, it It was sailing a little to the left anyway. But again, divine intervention, whatever you want to call it, the Eagles validate themselves in not only making the postseason, but beating the Chicago Bears. Listen, man, they've already beat the number 2 seed in the NFC playoffs in their house. They have now beat the third seed in their house. We have the opportunity now to go down to New Orleans and upset, by a large margin, the number one seed in the NFC playoffs, who was coming off of a week's rest, who kicked your rear ends earlier on in the season. And let me tell you something, Eagles fans. If there is a way that the Eagles can get past the Saints and Nick Foles' magic can happen once again, we're going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care who they put in front of us. Saying it with your chest, over I don't care who they put in front of us in the NFC Championship game. It can be the Rams or. <laughs> or, or, in a perfect world, now granted, I would rather see the Cowboys lose and the Eagles advance, and, and that way we have that over the Cowboys fans' heads. It kind of disappointed me during Wild Card Weekend that the Seattle Seahawks weren't able to get the job done, because it would have been such a delight to say, oh, Cowboys fans, it doesn't matter what happened, it doesn't matter if you're NFC East champions, it doesn't matter if you swept us during the regular season, we outlasted you when it mattered most. But... If the storylines and the gods want, if the football gods really wanted to play this thing right, oh, give me an NFC Championship game in, in Dallas. Give me one yeah. more crack at those stinking Cowboys. Because I mean, God, God doesn't love the Cowboys. I mean, try to beat a team three times in a row. That's that's a tough tough task. But uh, one one thing about Nick Foles, I mean, last season he took down the number one defense in the Minnesota Vikings, right? Yeah. This season takes down the Chicago Bears. Uh, I I just think Nick Foles is just. I, it's it's amazing to see. It's hard to explain. Uh, just the way he's like a serial killer in the sense that he shows no emotion. No F's given. <laughs> he doesn't care what the task is. And it's almost like the perfect story with uh, Nick Foles. 
Andrew Brees, a guy who's been his mentor kind of for the last decade. I mean, Drew Brees and Nick Foles went to the same high school. He's lived in Drew Brees' shadow. His 1996 team in high school won the state championship. Nick Foles' 2000-2001 team went to -to back-to-back titles but couldn't get it done. A guy who texted Nick Foles before the— Super Bowl 52, Drew Brees talking about the moments and how, you know, let the game come to you. This is a guy who's been mentoring Nick Foles. He has a second shot at Drew Brees in the playoffs. Lost in what, 2013 mm. to Drew Brees? Mm-hmm. Chip he, Kelly. He gets a second chance to write the story for the second part of the Nick Foles saga, which will be in theaters in a couple years. But if he beats, when he beats Drew Brees, speak it into existence. It's an amazing story, especially in his hometown, beating a hometown legend and Drew Brees. Now, I love a good storyline because that's what the NFL postseason is all about. I'm more interested in the storyline than the stats. I'm more interested in the oohs and ahs rather than the X's and O's. So we're, we're going to get into storylines because it could go either way. I don't want to speak anything into existence, but it could go either way. We're going to touch <laughs> on that in a little bit. But speaking of a story... Because we got a song to play for you guys. And this thing slaps. All right? We were down in Washington, D.C. And you might have heard of a song called Mobamba, right? And if you don't know it by name, you've heard of it, heard it because it's all over the place. Yeah, Google it. Google it. And they play it during the Eagles pregame warm-ups, and they were playing it during the Washington Redskins warm-ups. And then all of a sudden, I'm, I'm sitting with you in prime, all of a sudden... You start singing along to it, but with, in, in a different sort of tone. What were you singing? Falls, falls, falls to the end. <laughs> yes, sir. And yeah. I'm like, dude, we have got to call yeah. up Piccolo and see if he can make that happen. And wouldn't you know, he comes to me, he says, listen, man, I got all the ducks in a row. I said, wait till they beat the Bears. Wait till they beat the Bears, and then we're going to drop this Foles track on them. Okay. So right now— I haven't even heard this track. You haven't even heard it. track. Trox heard it. Prime heard it. Mike heard it. I've heard it. I wanted you to hear it from the, for the first time and get your authentic reaction and to P- this. And Piccolo got some bass in his voice, too. Piccolo's got some bass in his voice. Absolutely. You ready, you ready for this I'm, thing? I'm ready. All right, here we go. Yeah. 
That's dope. That is dope. I can't dude. stop smiling. My cheeks hurt, bruh. Dude, that is amazing. Shout out, shout out to Piccolo, man. Shout out, absolutely yeah. shout out to Piccolo and his producer. I'll give him a shout out at the end. He gave me his name, but uh, they did a rush on him, man, and they got that over to us. Dude, can, can you imagine? Imagine being a Chicago Bears fan right now. Because I, I, I've talked to some Eagles fans out there in Chicago, and Sports Talk Radio is out there. Is like they're in a state of mourning right now. Because they really thought that this was going to be their year. I mean, I mean, they, had, they had the solid defense. How long has it been since you know, Chicago's had that kind of you know, defense that was menacing? A guy like you know, Cleo Mack, you know, in the beginning of the season, we're talking sure. about that trade. Was it worth it? Oh, yeah. Absolutely, man. I, I felt like you know, they, had a, they had a great safety. Eddie Jackson ended up getting hurt, uh, didn't play in the game. Got a got an awesome tight end in the offseason, Trey Burton. And did you did you all hear about that Trey Burton story? I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, he's always been a team player. I mean, that's why you love Trey. Uh, <laughs> but definitely Sunday was Trey Day because he was out. All of a sudden, his groin started hurting. And on Saturday, his groin locks up. So I've never he, even heard of that. He's like, what's going on? Like, you know, he wasn't hurt before. But he was thinking it, maybe it was anxiety, something played in. But he could barely walk on Saturday. Divine so, intervention. Yeah, that's what we talk about, divine intervention. Like, I mean, God put the, uh, you know, the hex on his crotch. I mean, that, <laughs> that's amazing. Thank you, oh Lord Jesus. I, I hope I'm never in a position where the good Lord and Savior puts a hex on my crotch. I will shut you down. <laughs> no, no. Trey, I will no, shut you please, down. No, please, Jesus, I pray. I mean, you. what are the chances? What are the chances? I mean, you, these stories are like... Dude, what do they, they got to be? What do they got to be talking about over there? Like, you, you had Kirk Cousins, the eighty what eighty four million dollar quarterback yep. who threw a buck thirty two against you in the last game of the season at home with the playoffs on the line, and you beat them, and you let the Eagles walk in the red hot Philadelphia Eagles on the road, and you let Nick Foles do that to you, and Cody Parkey, the kicker that you guaranteed what like nine million dollars to, and now you stuck with him. By the way. As much as I enjoyed that victory, do you feel a little bad for Cody Parkey? A little I, bit. I, I don't. You don't? No. You were savage. Because you were ice cold. Because that is football. Ice cold. And as a kicker, you know that that's part of the job. Uh, but then at the end of the day, like you you got to feel better for him because it was Trayvon Hester. Let's put it this way. I'm not, who I, tipped the ball. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't feel bad that he missed the kick. I feel bad at the reaction that he got on social oh, de- media. Oh, I mean, death threats? Come on. Death I mean, threats, like, wishing cancer on him, wishing he'd I mean, die in a car crash and stuff. Oh, but Eagles, Eagles fans, fans right? get the bad Eagle rap. Eagles fans, right? Eagles fans get the bad rap. Did you see that video, by the way, of uh, Baltimore fans brawling at, M- at M&T Bank Stadium? Oh, the guy, he rolled a couple... Uh... Yeah, like five rows down. Oh, but it's Eagles fans, right? They're the ones that are causing all the problems. It's Eagles fans. It's not Bears... By, by the way, Bears fans, you're borderline Viking soft. You borderline Vikings uh, off. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, no, 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 no. The, the trash talk this week, especially on the timeline, you get was an bit, F. Was bad. Yeah, was yeah. bad. Was bad. They were they were like making dad jokes. Okay. Like, yo, it, it's going to be unbearable to be an Eagles fan. On, so, like, get the hell out of here, You like that. Uh, I mean, the weird thing is I'm, I'm named after a great Chicago Bear, the Gale, Gale Sayers. The great uh, Gale my, Sayers. My dad named me after his favorite running back. So, me as a kid... Thought I was going to be a Bears fan, but now I am a. He made me an Eagle fan. My dad's weird like that, but um, you know, hey, shout out to the Bears for taking L. We, we, we really it. appreciate you. We appreciate the help. We you really didn't help yourselves, it. but you certainly helped the Philadelphia Eagles, and we appreciate all the support and the uh, givings that you've given to us during this postseason and getting us into the postseason. So we touched on earlier a little bit about storylines, right? And there's no doubt that this task against the New Orleans Saints, beating this team who is well-rested at their home, the Superdome, an incredibly hard place to play, I'm seeing storylines play out in my head. Because again, that, that's, that's what gets me going during the postseason. Because what you do in the postseason lives on forever. Lives on forever. Regular season is one thing. What you do in the postseason, you are now making NFL history. So in my 36, coming up on 37 years on this planet, and watching postseason football, there's different storylines. So I got one that's positive for the Philadelphia Eagles this Sunday, and I've got one that's negative. Gail, I'm going to let you decide which one to go first. Uh, give, me, give me the bad news first. Give me the bad news first. Here is my worst fear. 
that the Eagles just had their Minneapolis miracle. That the Eagles just had their big Minneapolis miracle. And while they are validated now being into the postseason, I don't feel like they're going to be this way, like they're satisfied. After winning the Super Bowl, you cannot be satisfied. But we've seen time and time again, even when the, uh, what was the Green Bay game, the 4th and 26th game, like that team, that Packers team felt like a team of destiny. Brett Favre's father dies, he throws uh, against the Oakland Raiders, I forget how many touchdowns, he has the game of his life, then goes into postseason, gets bumped by the Philadelphia Eagles. We've seen these big victories in the postseason followed up by complete duds. My fear is that the Philadelphia Eagles have had their Minneapolis miracle and go get spanked in New Orleans. I don't, and I'm not speaking into existence, but I have to talk upon it. I, I got to talk about losing. I got to talk about. Otherwise, this is not called I've, fourth I've, and John. This is called fourth and fanboy. So I have to look at the other side of the coin. I've, I mean, I've heard that take uh, after after the game, um, but I feel like this this team. Uh, I was reading a quote from Malcolm Jenkins. He's like, we've been through too much to not believe. So as much respect as we have for Chicago's defense, we're watching. You got fourth down and two. We just know we're going to come up with with a play. We feel like we're playing with house money. We have nothing to lose but our pride, and we won't sacrifice that for anything. I think it's it's a team that is led by veterans, led by leaders, leaders of men, I don't think that they've got experience, playoff experience, Super Bowl experience. I, I don't, I don't feel that uh, you know they're, they're a Vikings team that was over their heads coming I, in I, to I a agree, bus saw. I, I, I'm a little disappointed you didn't take the positive first. I'm a little disappointed that I had to open. I, I, I like the bad first. You like the bad first? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. so here's the good news, and here's what I think is the more likely of the scenarios. Okay. During the 2017 run, what was the common theme, right? The dog mask, underdogs, mm-hmm. right? We're talking about underdogs. Why do they feel like underdogs? Because they feel disrespected. By whom are they being disrespected? By the national media, by Las Vegas making them underdogs, by the national pundits out there saying, despite the fact that they had the best record in football, despite the fact that they were the number one seed in the NFC, that they had a first round bye, and they had home field advantage throughout two home playoff games, that they were not good enough with Nick Foles to reach the Super Bowl. That's why they felt disrespected. And in some respects, now fast forwarding to the 2018 season, this ski mask thing, albeit it's a symbol of more along the lines of like a turnover chain. But it's Robin season. Like, they're taking this ski mask thing and taking it like uh, you're disrespecting us. We're going to rob you of this. We're going to rob you of this. So even Malcolm Jenkins, after the Washington game, right, in post-game press conferences, says we're not opening the door. We're kicking this mf her down. Yeah. Right? So once again, they feel disrespected. But never have they been disrespected by an actual football team. Except this year. The New Orleans Saints disrespected the Philadelphia Eagles on multiple occasions. In the offseason, Alvin Kamara talking about woulda. We woulda kicked the uh, Eagles' butts. We woulda won the Super Bowl. And now the Saints are trying to march on to be back-to-back woulda champions. Get get their woulda championship parade. Get another woulda championship ring. And then they play the New Orleans Saints. And Sean Payton is... Yes. Foot on the gas. Yeah. Even though the game was completely out of reach in the third quarter, he's not resting his starters. He's going for it on fourth down. He's throwing balls, bombs to Kamara. He's trying to run up the score. Why? Because he was disrespecting the Philadelphia Eagles. We've all seen what this team is capable of when they believe. And under Wentz, it wasn't happening. Under Foles, they believe. You saw them beat the Rams. You saw them beat the Texans. You saw them get into the postseason. You saw them beat the Chicago Bears, who were, by a lot of analysts speaking, they were supposed to be the ones that were upsetting teams in the playoffs and maybe making a Super Bowl appearance. We sent them packing home early. We know what this team does when they believe. I want to see what they do when they believe and they're angry. And they should be angry. Because for the first time, you've been disrespected on multiple occasions, multiple violations, by an NFL team. And I said earlier on in the season, hungry dogs run faster, but angry dogs bite harder. 
And that's what I want to see. I want to see an angry Philadelphia Eagles team down there in the Super. And also, Michael Thomas said that he started the ski ski mask. Oh, the, yeah, the ski mask. I mean, shorties. He, he he did bring. He had a ski mask. He ran out with it, but he he didn't propel it to the level that the Eagles have took it to. Uh, sometimes you got to take something and make it your own. That's what the Eagles did. And uh, I think in the playoffs, I think Eagles have been playing playoff football for the last four weeks. You're talking about a team who's been living and dying by their last breath for four weeks. Drew Brees. And then again, also, Drew Brees wasn't so hot the last uh, no. end of the season. No. You know, he wasn't putting up the numbers that he put up in the, in the beginning of the season. Uh, he's been off for the last three weeks. So how is Drew Brees off the couch? I know he's a professional, uh, but then again, this team has been hot. This yes. is the hottest team in football right hottest now. Hottest team. You know, the Colts are playing some hot football too, but I, I really feel like we're playing inspired football. That 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 vibe and that feeling that we got last season during that run, you feel it in your bones. Yes. You know, like this is like, what are we watching here? We're, we're, I feel so, I was like, how, how are we getting this kind of football the last two weeks? I'm like, what do, we, what do we do to deserve this? And, and speaking of storylines, I mean, how many times have we seen it in the postseason? Again, you can, you can draw back from different examples in the postseason. How many times have we seen a really good team during the regular season look absolutely unbeatable, kind of take the foot off the gas or look a little flawed the last two, three games of the season? Maybe they got, already got home field advantage locked up, so they rest their starters or rest some of their starters or their quarterback, and then they have the bye week, so they rest them up there, and they go into that divisional round, albeit the number one seed and probably one of the best teams in football during the regular season, and all of a sudden come out ice cold. Ice cold. We've seen it happen before. And I feel like the disrespect that the Saints have shown the Eagles, the fact that the Eagles are indeed the hottest team, the fact that they believe, the fact that they're going down there to the Superdome and they're going to have a chip on the shoulder, they're going to be, feel disrespected, they're going to feel angry, and the fact that they've, they've built this momentum where the Saints been on ice you know, could, could spell for... An amazing experience, an amazing end of the game, another another post game party like we've been having the next the last couple weeks, and they can they can do this thing. Yeah, I mean I, I've been listening like you know I always tell you I listen to other po- podcasts from you the do. opposing yeah. uh, teams, uh, and they are sleeping on the Eagles. I, it feels like again we're the road bump in their playoff. That's a mistake. Destiny. They're 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 talking, you know, Saints versus the Cowboys. That's what they're talking already. Uh, but you know, you this is on Philly Sports Talk last week. I, I said this is exactly where I want my Eagles. Mm. I want you to doubt them. I want you to tell them that they're not good enough. I want you to tell them that Craven LeBlanc, you don't belong on this football team or on the football field. You guys are, you know, you know, you guys aren't worthy. You know, a guy like Russell Douglas, with each game, the dude looks like he's just generating more experience and strength and, and, and uh, experience. Uh, Avante Maddox, uh, they're going to pick on you. Michael Tom, this is what I need to hear. I need, I need to hear Fletcher Cox be challenged. You know, it's, that's what I need to hear because that's what the Eagles want. And, and if the Saints are making the mistake of thinking – that this is the same Eagles team that they played in November. They're wrong. Because every single Eagles fan can tell you it is absolutely not. The offense is being more efficient. They're putting up much more points per game. They're allowing less sacks. They're getting the ball out quicker. You spoke to that earlier on outside the studio. You spoke to that earlier on. Yeah, I mean, that's the, the one way you, you know, take out, take out a pass rush is, you know, get the ball out. Getting getting the ball out. I mean, over the last couple of games, he's getting the ball out two seconds. You know, like mm. you're not going to generate a pass rush if he's he knows where he's going with the ball, which is uh, amazing. I mean, that last Saints game, we lost uh, Jason Kelsey in the first quarter with an elbow injury. Sidney Jones left in the third quarter with a hamstring injury. Uh, you know, Russell Douglas uh, left in the third quarter. Uh, so we we had, you know, Darren Sproles didn't play. I mean, there's there's integral pieces to this offense uh, that weren't there uh, when the last time we played the Saints. And and you, t- and you touched on the secondary. By the way, shout out to the secondary 
because they are playing a hell of a lot better. I mean, these are guys that were no names. These are guys that were picked off of opposing practice squads. These are people that were out on the streets. And of course they're going to struggle when they first enter the game. They're not used to playing in the NFL, let alone playing with each other. But you allow them a little bit of time to gel. You allow them a little bit of time to build a rapport with one another. Every time you see a big completion, you see Malcolm Jenkins running over to the DBs and talking it out and what went wrong. You're, t- you're seeing Malcolm Jenkins coach these guys up on the field. Just allowing them to play together for this amount of time has allowed them to play a lot better. Because listen, these aren't all say This isn't like Jalen Mills and Darby and Sydney when they're fully healthy out there. But these are serviceable guys that are now all of a sudden getting used to playing with each other. And you cannot put a price tag on that. Experience with one another. Yeah, I mean, when they were out there before, they were playing on fumes. They had no communication. I mean, they've had the last four or five, six weeks of learning how to play with each other, knowing their strengths and weaknesses, knowing, you know, you can give a key to a certain player and know, put them in position to win. I think it's, it's a perfect opportunity, uh, you know, for them to, you know, they're playing at home. And the thing about uh, Sean Payton and Drew Brees, they're 5-0 and in the playoffs at home. And when there's records out there, what what's that mean? They're mean, meant to be broken. <laughs> and this is the perfect Eagle team to come and do that. But, you know, ESPN has also been disrespecting us. They came out with a uh, little uh, post today. Really? Most likely to win the Super Bowl. Guess who's number one? Oh. The, the Saints. Yeah. 26.5%. You want to know who's last? The Philadelphia Eagles at 2.4%. We got Nick Foles. <laughs> we got Nick Foles. I mean, the disrespect. It, it, it sounds so dumb to say out loud because there's no real analysis behind it. Right. But the proof is in the pudding. Look at the eyeball test. We got Nick Foles. Really, in the postseason, a hot Nick Foles with a Philadelphia Eagles team that believes in them behind him? I don't care what your percentages are. You could give us half of a tenth of a hundredth of a percent. We got Nick Foles. I mean, Nick Foles has been... His playoff stats are ridiculous. I mean, his only L comes at the hand of the New Orleans Saints. So I want to give you the keys to victory against the Saints. Because I feel like we nailed it against the Bears. Like what we what we were talking about last week, you saw a lot of that implemented into the defensive and the offensive game plans. So I felt we kind of scouted that out sufficiently. Now, obviously, the Saints a little bit different of a test, a, a, a big difference of of a test. Last week, I talked about the offensive line having to have the game of their lives. If you look at the offensive line against the Rams, zero sacks against the Texans, one sack against the Bears, one sack. They're playing well. It's the defensive line this time around that needs to have the absolute game of a lifetime. Because we can't be having those, they were almost there. You're pressuring Drew Brees. Because Drew Brees is a master at moving up in the pocket, moving around in the pocket, keeping his eyes downfield, and being able to extend the play and see the open receiver. The defensive line has to play the game of a lifetime, and as much as it pains me to say, all you have to do is look at the Dallas Cowboys game against the Saints, where they had two sacks but six quarterback hits. You saw Drew Brees physically and emotionally Mm -hmm. rattled in that game. It rarely happens where Drew Brees gets rattled. But you saw Drew Brees just doesn't look like Drew Brees. You got to put a hand on him. You got to put a hand on him. And it rarely happens, but if you get enough pressure, especially in the interior with guys like Fletcher Cox, Timmy Jernigan, pushing that pocket back. Listen, the white nine, you know, Bennett on one side, they're going to get around. That's the, they're yep. going to pick a spot, they're going to meet at that spot, and hopefully the quarterback's going to get there based upon his drop. Three-step, five-step, seven-step, whatever it might be. But the interior of that line has got to be able to push that pocket back, get in Drew Brees' face, and not allow him to see down the field. That's number one. Number two, they have to continue to run the ball. They, they were somewhat dedicated against the Bears. They ran it for 22 times against the Bears. If you remember correctly, Josh Adams in the first matchup between the Eagles and the Saints had seven carries for 53 yards and a touchdown. Remember, he, he had like 30 yards, three carries yeah, and 30 and they yards. Went away, they went away from and him. And they went away from him. They need to dedicate themselves to the run. 
Now against the Bears, I said that this probably isn't going to be the Josh Adams game. He doesn't have the quickness, the speed, the cut ability to really kind of outdo the defensive line of the Bears. This was Darren uh, Wendell Smallwood is going to get his touches, but this should really be the Darren Sproles show in that scenario. I'm going right back to Josh Adams. Pound that rock. Because if you dominate time of possession and you're able to convert on third and fourth downs and you're able to run the ball effectively and keep Drew Brees on the sidelines, collapse the pocket or nothing, Drew Brees is on the sidelines, quite frankly, he can't hurt you. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to stick with Sproles. I think Sproles is my guy. Uh, I think you could sprinkle in Spring, seasoning of Sproles, seasoning of Sproles and Smallwood, and some Old Navy Wendell Smallwood. You know, you get some uh, some runs from Josh Adams. That would be nice. Foles needs to continue with the quick passing game. That's where he yep. feels the most comfortable. High percentage throws, uh, quick passing game. Um, Eagles allowed 34 sacks in the first 11 games, seven in the last six. Now, what's the difference between the 34 sacks in the first 11 games and the seven sacks in the last six? Nick Foles is starting for them. Quick release. Quick release. Getting the ball out of his hands quickly. You need to make mistake-free football. All right? You can't be having three interceptions like Carson Wentz had against the New Orleans Saints, albeit some of those were in garbage time where he was just heaving it up just just on a prayer. But you cannot be putting Drew Brees back on the field, especially with a short field, and expect to beat the Saints. Yeah, I mean, that was an injured Carson Wentz as well. If that was you, an injured Carson Wentz. And if Wentz. you look at some of those, go back and look at some of those plays, there were, was a lot left on the bone. You know, in, in, in uh, Nick Foles' whole thing is he knows where to go with the football. Yes, sir. He's, he's working really fine with the offense the last couple weeks. But even if you make so much as one turnover, that could be the momentum swing that the Saints need just to pounce on you. It can happen in a blink. You can blink, and they're up by three touchdowns. Yeah. Just, right, just look, based off of one turnover. I mean, looking back at the Cowboys game, that's where they, they had them rattled. They had the Saints playing out of their comfort zone, mm-hmm. uh, and, and they, they couldn't get these drives together. I think, if he, like you talked about the running game, controlling the time of possession, when they lose the time of possession, I believe they're two and five. So this is where they really need to focus on, you know, just staying committed to the run game. They don't have to win the run game, stay committed uh, and, and move the ball. And when I say mistake-free football, that doesn't only qualify for the offense and the turnovers. That qualifies also the defense. Like, there were a couple dropped interceptions in that Bears game. Like, you need Trey Sullivan and Avante Maddox, and I think um, Craven. He had one drop, I I believe, a dropped intercept. You can't, you've got to take advantages of those opportunities when they come to you because they are going to be so far and few between. There is a stark contrast between Mitchell Trubisky and Drew Brees. There just is. So when those opportunities present themselves, you have got to get your hands on the ball and get the ball back into Nick Foles' hands. You've got to take advantage of those scenarios. Utilize those big-ass tight ends. In the first game against the Saints, Zach Ertz was targeted three times. Dallas got it. Targeted three times. Your tight ends getting six targets, quite frankly, not enough. It's not going to do it. And if you remember correctly, that was the game where it was like, we're not really sure how to utilize Golden Tate. Remember that? Mike yeah, I mean, it's been weeks now that he they, they they've got some they've got something planned. They've got something planned, but they were yeah. trying. Remember, they were trying to like force yeah, the ball to Golden Tate. Yeah. They were trying to force that bubble screen. They were trying. They were trying. Everything to, was forced. Everything was forced. But what you have to do is allow eighty-eight and eighty-six to run in the middle of the field, and again move those chains. And you need to be efficient on third and fourth down. This goes from time of possession, keeping Drew Brees on the sidelines. Foles was 8 for 11 for 79 yards and a touchdown with zero interceptions against the Bears and a 122.9 passer rating on third and fourth down. We need that same sort of third and fourth down because you know Doug's going to be aggressive about it. Yeah, You can't play safe against the Saints. I mean, in the last couple of weeks, uh, the red zone defense has been great. The red zone off- offense has been pretty good. Um, I-, I think, uh, you know, that, that's, a, that's a good stat, man. Like, that's where we need to win, in, in the red zone. Absolutely. All right, so let, let, let's get it over to the game picks. And we're going to save ours for last, okay? But first off, we have—let's go AFC first. 
We have the Chiefs minus five and a half against the Colts. Who are you picking in that game, Mr. Gale Saunders? Ooh, the Colts are hot right now, man. That's it's kind of crazy, I think. Uh, but it's 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 Andy Reid. I mean, you're going against uh, the Sith Lord. Uh, is he the Sith Lord? He's a good guy, you know. He's a good guy. I'm He's rooting good. for Andy. I'm rooting for Uncle I don't Andy. I don't understand the Andy hate. That always kind of perplexed me. No, I like Mr. Kool Aid, man. Hey, hey. I like to see Andy. Yeah. good. I'm gonna go with the Chiefs. Gonna go with the Chiefs. I mean, I, I mean, the Colts are hot right now, but. If, if I'm playing the points, I might take the Colts, but I think the Chiefs uh, overall win that game. Patriots giving up four points against the Chargers. That's that is an intru- That's one of the most interesting uh, matchups of the weekend. It could be it could be an upset. The Chargers kind of hot right now. Think so? I just think so? I just I'm I'm, I'm going to speak it in existence. Uh, I want um, the Chargers to win that one. I think San Diego wins too. <laughs> For yeah. all the same reasons as I think the Saints lose. Like, look, you, you, you're coming off the bye. You're coming in there a little bit cold. This is not the same Patriots team that we played last they, year. It's not up, even the same Patriots. Like, we played, according to some people, we played the worst Patriots team to ever be, uh, go to the Super Bowl. This might be the second worst. I mean, Gronkowski is a, a former shell of himself right now. Yes. I mean, there's no Josh, Josh Gordon. Uh, there's nope. Edelman and there's, you know... But the, but the Chargers, there's just something about the Chargers. They got a little right magic now. right now. They got a little magic right now. You know, we got our Nick Foles magic. They got the, they got they get their magic over there. I'm just, I'm just, for some reason, I've been feeling Chargers for a couple weeks now. Yeah, abs- absolutely. Now, we bring it over to the NFC. And we've got the Rams giving up seven points against the Dallas Cowboys. Ooh. It's going to be tough. Because the Rams have looked beatable. Yes, the last couple, I mean, I think the Bears, I think we followed the recipe from the Bears. Uh, and, uh, you know, as long as you, if you play Jared Goff in the deep ball and just give him the dink and dunk with Ty Gurley, I don't know, man. Uh, damn, I'm not, good. I'm, not, I'm not picking the Cowboys. I'm picking the Rams, though. I'm picking the Rams. Again, if I'm taking the point, I'm going to pick the Cowboys. I wouldn't be surprised if the Cowboys win the, nah, win I the game. But I, but I do think the— Dak's got to come down to earth. It wouldn't surprise me if the Cowboys win this game whatsoever. Right. Because, again, the Rams have looked beatable. They have been shaky. They're not utilizing Todd Gurley the way they should. Dallas Cowboys are coming off of that victory. They're still feeling themselves. They've been hot. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if we want to talk about hot teams, it's like the Philadelphia Eagles, the Chargers, and the Cowboys are yeah. all kind of lumped into that same cluster. But it's, it's funny with the Cowboys-Seahawks game. I, you, the, I couldn't believe that they weren't letting... Uh, Russell Wilson passed the ball. I mean, it was there's plays there to be had. So I, I think uh, they're going to face a different passing attack with the Rams. So we're in agreement with the Chiefs over the Colts. We're in agreement with the Chargers over the Patriots. We're in agreement with the Rams over the Cowboys. The Saints are giving up eight points to the Philadelphia Eagles. It opened at eight. It hasn't moved. So basically what that says to me, or what it says to Classic Jeff, who helped me out with this segment, by the way, appreciate it, Classic Jeff, is you get three points for being the home team. The Saints are a shade below a touchdown um, at home better than the Eagles, according to Vegas. Now that line will probably move because the money, you know, it's not even right there. So expect it to go a point in either direction. But that's a lot of points. So regardless... You should probably take the—I mean, eight points is a lot of points. That's the highest spread of any of the That's games in the play. Too. That's disrespect, too. Add that another layer upon the disrespect. So, Mr. Gail Saunders, <laughs> do I even need to ask? <laughs> give me a score prediction. We're going to shock the world! Yeah, give me a score prediction. Uh, I'm going to go 28-24. Uh, 28-24. Birds. I got the birds at 34-28. Yeah, and it, a, a, another nail biter right to the end of the game. Nick Foles leads them on a uh, on a touchdown drive, and we got the Lord on our side. We got the Lord on our and not, side, and not to quote ZZ Top, but uh, Jesus just left Chicago and he's bound for New Orleans. Well, now Jesus just left Chicago and he's bound for New Orleans. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's going to be, I, I think it's going to come down as another nail biter. It's going to come down to the wire. And we are once again going to have one of the most epic post game celebrations at Xfinity Live. By the way, 
like you said it on the way when did when did you say you were like i'm trying to do everything the same way i did it every week <laughs> and even to last year so so, so being uh, yeah. superstitious as you are i mean we kind of got to keep that same juju flowing uh, de- definitely we're going to be at xfinity live oh wait on friday we're going to be on philly sports talk we're going to be on philly sports talk on friday we're hoping to run into ray didinger again yeah, by the way. Who also how, who also predicted, he said that it's going to come down to a Co- Cody Parkey. He said that in the green room. Missed field goal. He, sa- he, he said it like a premonition. And I was like, okay, all right. And then and, and it, happened. it happened. By the way, that first initial picture with Gale and Ray Dittinger, they were 3-0, and not a 4-0. So now we have to get another picture Ray with Dittinger. Gale and Ray Dittinger. You got to be in the same spot. Do it for Friday. the culture. We got to go through the same routine. We're going to be in the same exact spot at the same exact time at Xfinity Live. If you've not checked out my Twitter feed at the Mighty E-Rock, the videos, I mean, it was just, it was insanity. It was absolute insanity. And we're trying to bring that same energy. We're trying to have that same party at the end when the Eagles advance to the NFC Championship game against the Cowboys or the Rams. Maybe the Cowboys. Maybe the Cowboys. But we invite you down to Xfinity Live to hang out with the 4th and John squad. Uh, what else do we got on here? Oh, by the way, I saw you in New York today. Oh, yeah. Well, so thank you for uh, visiting New York City. Yeah. This guy, guy rolls up. He's like, hey, man, you, you doing lunch? <laughs> I'm like, what? This dude. Yeah, so I, they asked me not to say anything until tomorrow. So the live listeners to this podcast are getting a little bit of a sneak peek. Of course, this goes live on NBC Sports Philadelphia on Wednesdays. Uh, I've had a lot of unique experience in my social media career. As I, like, I don't want to sound like saying super fan sounds cheesy, but I guess I, we'll call it what it is. All right. As the role of super fan, I've had a lot of unique experiences, whether it's be like the Eagles sending me up to the, cover the draft or the football fanatic TV show that was last year. I'm going to be on the Rachel Ray show on Thursday. (laughs) Believe it or not, I am going to be on the Rachel Ray show. I can't go into much details. I know it sounds crazy. I'm not judging you at all. You're not judging me. I know. I know. There's people listening to the other side of this microphone. I mean, we got we got we got Eagle fans out of all demographics, and I'm sure you represent well. Uh, Females ages 45 to 60. Females get down with the Eagles, bro. They do, but uh, yeah. So I got. I'm gonna tweet out the the time and everything. But uh, there's a little. I, you'll see why later. You'll see why later. But make sure to DVR that. Uh, we sincerely hope to see you at Xfinity Live. Of bring course, the passion. Bring the passion. Bring the noise. If we win this game, boys and girls. When. When we win this game, when. boys and girls. Speaking into existence. When we win this game, I promise you, we are Super Bowl bound. This team is too hot. It's got too much magic, and we are led by St. Nick Foles. And I believe. Do he's, you believe, Gail? I do believe. And he's do got, you out there believe? And he's got the biggest heart in the world. <laughs> E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles! Eagles football? We're talking Eagles football. You're listening to Fourth and John. Wait, what the f is a John anyway? Say it with your chest! Senor! 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 Good observation. And my fuse is lit! It's Four donkey. Dang, that's kind of dope. Hallelujah! Dude. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.